Who All Gonna Be There, a podcast by artists for artists. We talk cash shit about everything. Sometimes we get messy, and it all counts as art because we say so. I'm Mel, I'm Black, and a woman, and an artist, and so it goes. This week, I'm Santa Claus's tax attorney, an image consultant for Black Pete, and I just wrote an instructional manual entitled Generational Stealth, How to Survive Perpetual Economic Larceny. Yo, what's up? Maximiliano here, coming live from Dallas, Texas. Shout out all the crazy things, um, cowboys and guns and stuff. Um, 214-817-972. Yo, that's how we do it. Dirty third, Stroke <laughs> Coast, um, Chopped and Screwed. Um, yo, yeah, we swing, we swing and bang. Um, yeah. How to support NCP. We have a Patreon page exclusive where you can get um our exclusive podcast episodes which are only available behind our paywall and we get extra messy it's ridiculous the things we talk about and the way we talk about them um we have an etsy store which is full of our publications and our merchandise um and it's great the holidays are here um but it's always a good time to give people you care about ntp products Subscribe to us on iTunes, leave a review, um, follow us on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Facebook, Instagram. Um, if you have arts-related questions, life-related questions, tax-related questions, um, you need help with your music career, you need a singing coach, whatever you need, we got you. Um, email us, shoot us a line, text us. Um, you have our numbers, hit us up, Nat Turner Project, and we will answer it. All right. So we are back again, just us, for a special holiday episode to close out what will undoubtedly be, in hindsight, one of the strangest years of our lifetime. We want to catch up on what's been going on in art, in the news, and what we want to do in the two, three. So first up, what do you want to talk about then? 
Um, let's see. Let's start with the Tory Lanez trial. Oh Lord, <laughs> we're just gonna start off angry. Okay. Um. So, shall we update the people if they don't know? Yeah. Some of our listeners may know exactly what we're talking about. Some of our listeners may know potentially who we're talking about. Some of our listeners may not know who any of the people we are talking about are. <laughs> um, but here's a little rundown. So allegedly, um, there was a party at a God, which one was it? Kylie Jenner's house, right? And with Megan Thee Stallion, her friend or ex friend, and Tory Lanez. Um, these are rappers. Um, Kylie Jenner doesn't have any talent, so I don't know what she does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she has a talent. It depends on how you quantify it. Yeah, that's true. All right, my bad. Um, Ty- Kylie Jenner is, is very talented, just in ways that we don't know. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, and then there's some Mishigosh. Um, maybe fights uh, still unclear about if it was Kylie getting in a fight with Megan or Megan getting in a fight with her friend or whatever. Um, but long story short, um, they're leaving the house. Tory Lanez is driving Megan the Stallion and her friend in the car. An argument uh, happens. Megan the Stallion gets out of the car. Tory Lane proceeds to shoot her in the foot. Um, and then there's a current while, right, while allegedly screaming, dance, bitch, dance. Yes, while allegedly screaming, dance, bitch, dance. And um, there's a trial currently going on um, about this. And um, so it's in the news again. This happened. When did it initially happen? 2020? Yeah, 2020. It's so it's already been a couple of years. Um, and then there was a little bit where Tory Lanez was like, it seemed like he was going to disappear forever. Then somehow has stayed around, which is ridiculous. The amount of support Tory Lanez yeah. has gotten is disgusting. From like LeBron James, 50, Drake, all these fucking like already suspect people. Just going out of their way, oh, of course, to baby, to support him. Like bringing him around concerts as a surprise guest or like bigging him up in their Instagram stories. Just people who never fucking talked about him before, who never cared about him, but all of a sudden after he shoots a black woman, becomes this sort of cult hero. Yeah, becomes somebody that needs to be defended, which is like the absolute inverse of, of the true thing. And then also, um, that Drake song that came out recently with uh, yes. Your Loss, um, where he's like subbing Megan Thee Stallion and saying that stuff's not true or insulting her and her integrity and all that stuff. Her integrity and her talent, which let's be real, on his best day as a rapper, he could never fucking even. That's the thing. Like, what the fuck is going on? I mean, I don't even. Drake isn't even good. He's not a good rapper. He's light skinned and tall. And some people think he's moderately attractive and charming. Yeah, I mean, that, he just... That's what, the only fucking thing he brings to the table, if we want to be real. And now, because he has money, he has great producers who give him good beats. Exactly. That's it. That's the thing he has. Um, He's really good at stealing talent from up-and-coming artists. The OVO sweatshop is notorious for um, crushing dreams of young up-and-coming artists and adding them to the Drake machine. Mm-hmm. Um. And uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, Drake's always, always been, always been on one, but it seems like now he's like super misogyny, um, even more misogyny than he was. He like doubled down on misogyny, and then um, it's more overt. But to me, it was always there. He was always a misogynist. And then um, this is a, a little tangential, but still related to Drake. Did you see that thing where he's like, he made 
a necklace out of like the 47 yes. engagement rings and being like the, the 47 times he he thought about proposing but didn't he's such a fucking loser I 47 times did he like, just go on a first date and is like oh she's the one I'm gonna go buy that ring first of all who cares <laughs> that's my first thing <laughs> but that's like the kind of person that like who's saying this kind of shit it just feels like that whole necklace thing just feels like some passive aggressive gaslighting for all yeah. his exes. Somebody like, needs to go to therapy. That's seriously. And that's <laughs> before you get to the predator like um allegations about how he's like grooming and shit. But whatever, I don't care. But yeah, all these supporters of Tory Lanes. Um, so the trial has started up and the first thing I noticed on the the internets and social medias is all this like random like information and misinformation about what's going on in the in the in the trial. Like the first thing we hear is Meg was sleeping with Tory Lanes. And then we hear allegations of other people she was sleeping with. And like the reaction to that was really interesting to me because people were acting like if she was sleeping with Tory Lanes, then that means she lied to Gail King. Um, and then they were acting like that somehow justifies that, like, uh, they were acting like that either proves that she was lying about Tory Lanes or it justifies him shooting her. Which in either case, I'm like, that's a no for me. Neither one of those things are are true, even if she did lie about sleeping with Tory Lanez. Yeah. I don't care who the fuck she was sleeping with. This nigga shot her. Like, why? What is so hard to understand about this? He should go to jail for that. Yeah, I think her, him shooting her is independent of anything else. It's like, he did he shoot her? Did he not shoot her? That's, it's, it's not about what she said. That doesn't change the 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 validity the veracity of Tory Lane shooting Megan and that's ridiculous yeah. that's like uh I mean yeah it's misogyny I mean it's bullshit and then now this whole like who did you sleep with who did you not sleep with which is like also this like other weird thing because I feel like people have been wanting to know that about Megan Thee Stallion and now they like got her in this like position and again now these people are getting to like look behind the curtain or like find out her business or like find it feels like yeah people are just like wanting to take her down there's like haters there's people that are just like you know, mad or maybe spurred or who knows they're what the reasons are for them like having some gripe with Megan the Stallion, but now this is it feels like this is their chance to try to like come for her. And yeah. it's ridiculous. And like all these people going out of their way with all these conspiracy theories about how she's just lying about this entire thing. Like they're making up these why like these people should be writers. They're and it's like, what? What is this even on? Like, is is Tory Lanez paying your rent? And it's like, where did where is all this this like caping for Tory Lanez from? Like, I don't even know a Tory Lanez song. If you put a collection of songs in a lineup, I couldn't pick his out. Why do these motherfuckers care about him so much? He's not a good artist. Like, I think it's. I think it's I again. They know his work. I think it's again Megan's like a badass and they're like somebody that's like strong and then now it's like their chance to like take Megan down a peg or something like that. It's, it's way more what it feels like. It feels more like more like anti-Megan stuff than like anything else. Do you think that a lot of it is like 
this like resentment about her being so good in yeah. this industry. I definitely think that it's like, you know, you can't, you can't take her down for being a rapper. So there's like, what else can we do? Like we use misogyny, we can try to like slut shame or whatever. And it's like all these other tactics that's like juvenile, that's like violent. It's just like fucking these like dudes that are just like in their fucking feelings about shit and bullshit. It's like, what the fuck do you like? What dog do you have in your fight? Like 50 cents. And like, who the fuck did like, why would even 50 cent like being like notoriously misogynist and notorious abuser and like violent shitty dude? Terrible and, father. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh my God. The shit with his son. Yeah. Don't even. Yeah. Yeah. Who And also on top of all that has not rapped in what? 15 years. <laughs> like, why is anyone asking him anything? He's like, that's what he does. He just shit talks. Like, I don't, I don't. He understand. is good at that. That's one thing. That's one thing he's good at. Well, it's it's easy to be a shit talker when you have no conscience or. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, it's just like, I just feel so so sad for her because like the things that I'm hearing that has that have come out about what she said about how like she wishes that Tori had killed her rather than having to have endured all of this. Yeah, I mean, I think yeah, thinking about it like all. Her, her her boyfriend is embarrassed to be hearing all this shit about her past sex life or whatever. Like it's just it's just I mean, sad. the boyfriend shouldn't give like, a fuck. We all have lives before the people we date now. I mean, if he's like a good boyfriend, he wouldn't give a shit about that. It'd be supportive. Yeah. But I think it is all that. Like, you know, she's still like relatively like new to famous and then like having to deal with her like ugly side of fame. And I know her like mom passed recently too, which was like a huge thing and like all this shit I just passed when all this shit went down. yeah so, so having to deal nobody. with all that having to like be super famous now and then like all this shit's happening to you and you're like what the fuck and it feels like all this world's turning against you when you're like yo where's your fucking supporters and it's, yeah. it's sad it's really sad and it's really disgusting to see like how everybody's reacting to it more importantly yeah. you know, i mean it's, it's sad that it occurred it's fucked up that that megan was shot in the first place but it's super disgusting to see um how everybody's treating it yeah and like her friend her supposed friend kelsey and the shit that's coming out about her how she was probably paid off by tory lanes how her husband is like an executive in in the label that screwed megan over yeah it's like you can't fucking trust anybody it does it does feel like she's like really alone or isolated or like and yeah it's sad I just feel bad for her like definitely it's just like and it's a reminder of like how like you can have all the things that people tell you make you successful and you and still as a black woman you get treated like shit right like where is the light at the end of the tunnel for this whole thing it's it's always protect black women until you actually have to do that shit you know yeah it's some fucking for some fucking clowns too like what the fuck it's yeah it's sad it's 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 frustrating and infuriating and it's sad. Yeah. Do you think that Tory Lanez is going to get any sort of like um punishment or retribution for what he's done? Allegedly. Um, yeah, I think I think he'll get punishment. I don't know if it's gonna be jail time. Um you would think so, but I don't know. I mean, based on my understanding, it still seems pretty clear that that was the case that he did shoot Megan. Um I think there's the evidence for it. Uh, so I think I think the jury will find Troy Lane's guilty, but I don't know like what that guilty verdict will mean or what yeah. the punishment will be, but hopefully. Do you but again, I don't think his like based on everything now, I don't think his like career is gonna suffer. Or like he's not gonna take like that kind of 
hit. Um, do you feel, do you think that if he does get punishment, that there will be backlash towards Megan? Yeah. I think, I think regardless of how this happens, I think there's people that are like, oh, like the, the haters are just going to continue to hate me. I think regardless of the outcome, I don't think the people like 50 Cent will be like, oh, I guess Tori did shoot Megan. My bad. And they're not going to, Drake's not going to uh, send out an apology or any of that shit. I think the people that are anti Megan are still going to continue to be anti Megan regardless of what happens, which is sad. I mean, it's fucking sad. Yeah, it's sad. Well, I'm. I'm just hoping for the best for her and that she is able to like move on and be as great as she has been and like continue. Although I don't know, like success in this industry is, is that the best thing for like, who knows, you know what I mean? Cause it's, that industry is trash. Let's right. be honest, like hip hop as of 2022, not Mm, it's not hitting the same. Yeah, like, I mean, hip hop being famous, like celebrity, it seems so dirty. It seems so backstabby. It seems like it, it doesn't seem like you have real friends. It seems like it seems lonely. It does. It seems, it seems really lonely. lonely. Yeah. So, and then you're surrounded by like Kardashians and like fake people. You're like everybody's just like cares about their Instagram accounts, and you know the reason people like you is because they want you to be on their Instagram so they can get more followers. And it's just like, everybody's just like out for themselves. And it's, it's, uh, it's all this like parasocial, like maneuvering and like, it's all transactional. Yeah. It just sounds like the opposite of what anyone would want. Right. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Maybe she'll take like a a break and think about it. But I mean, she's an amazing rapper. I hope she, you know, she's, you know, outside of all this, celebrity shit i'm sure she like loves rapping as like a thing yeah. um you know but it's hard to like i guess remove it from all this other shit speaking of social media we got elon musk <laughs> aka apartheid clyde mm-hmm. um slowly trying to kill twitter um and you know, doing a pretty damn good job of it. A couple of days ago, um, he tried to enact this thing where like you can't discuss other social media platforms besides. I saw that. Twitter. I saw that. I saw that. <laughs> you can't have it in your bio, otherwise your account will be suspended. I looked yeah. at that shit and I was like, um, I'm not changing shit. He can do whatever he wants. If he wants to kick off the people who make Twitter off of Twitter. Um, so be it. That's exactly what he wants to do. I mean, he he's he's like insecure. He's tired of being bullied. He's like shutting down all these like there's like some Elon account where they're like tracking his like airplane usage or something like that. They're like tracking something about his like carbon footprint. And he was and he said when he took over Twitter, he was like, I'll let that account stay up. But he's like since then he's like shut that account down. <laughs> I mean, he's like a techno fucking uh dictator, technocrat. Yeah. He is. Yeah, fuck um, Elon Musk. I mean, like, I don't know why, like, it's only, like, like you know, like, white bros that have fucking hard-ons for, like, Elon Musk and, like, some Tony Stark that's gonna, like, send us out of space. He's, like, he don't fucking care about you. It's fucking <laughs> idiot that's already destroying Tesla and shit, too. Like, and again, like, why do fucking people prop up Tesla? It's, like, this weird cult of, like, white dudes that seem smart when they're just, like, fucking charlatans. They're con yeah. artists. Um and racist with yeah. terrible working conditions. He's fucking yeah, apartheid money. I mean, fuck yeah. Why wouldn't you think he's racist as shit? 
Yeah. The way like he's had a long history of like being racist to shit people too. What didn't he eat like Azalea Banks getting something or something too? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> I think we all tried to forget. Um, well, uh, like a day or two ago, he tried to put out a poll saying, should I, should I step down from Twitter or should I stay or something like that? And he, like, he claimed that who, like, whatever vote won would decide what he does moving forward. Um, and obviously people voted for him to step down. Um, and he's been quiet ever since, but who knows what's going on? Yeah. I mean, he sucks. He's like an active evil in the world. A lot of my favorite Twitter follows stopped using it back in November, which is a bad sign. Yeah. And it's not the same anymore. I'm just I'm just waiting for the day when I try to log in and it's just like page not found. Right, it's a death <laughs> rattle. But yeah, like what's the alternative? But this like intentional. There's like this I feel like it feels intentional. It is like a shutting down of like uh free communi- communication spaces like oh this is where everybody gets together and talks like not anymore now it's like you know like totalitarian governments like no gatherings of people more than six because you're always start espousing ideas that i don't support yeah i mean it's scary like he's a scary like he's actively like a scary person that's like capable of like great harm yeah yeah and i'm just like i'm kind of like struggling trying to find an alternate platform like i joined tiktok but i'm clearly too old for that um i've heard about discord but i don't think it operates the same yeah i mean all those sites are different they're not twitter it's not like they're not like a one-for-one like tiktok's Mm -hmm. its own thing it's not like you're not gonna you can have like community on tiktok but it's not the same way that it existed on twitter and discord is more of like a i mean discord does a lot of stuff you have like rooms and groups yeah um but it still doesn't feel the same. It doesn't. I feel like Twitter was like it felt more open. You're able to find like more people openly with like Discord and stuff like that. It feels like they're more like closed circles. It's I more think. niche, yeah. Yeah, and I mean TikTok. I feel like can be pretty open, but it's definitely like a type. I definitely a very different type of medium. Yeah, it is. It's it. I think TikTok is more about like video and stuff, um, and a certain kind of video editing that I'm still not used to. Um. And it's like, it's more visual communication. I think Twitter is more um, info-centric, which I'm yeah. interested in. And I think and it's, it's so much easier to, to to reshare things on on Twitter. Like TikTok is like, you have all these things like, oh, you know, shorter videos do better versus longer videos having text on it. Or like, there's all these like things that I think people are just like, how do I um, optimize the, the longer algorithm? Um, yeah. And that's ridiculous to like go on social media and like have that be your primary focus is like optimizing the algorithm versus like making content and doing the stuff you want to do. Yeah. Um, I feel like now, I mean, it's true with like Instagram too. I feel like we're just like, we didn't, we don't modify systems to us. We modify ourselves to systems. And now you start, if you start thinking of algorithms all the time, you're going to be thinking that way even when you're not on these like medias and these, and these sites. Yeah. Um, you know, now, I mean, we're all products now, right? We're all products. The, like, the, the end point of capitalism is, like, when you become the product. Are we products or are our avatars products? Both. Two different products. Two different two different services. Oh, damn, man. There's Melanie, there's Melanie Light. There's Melanie, there's, there's Melanie uh, Go or whatever. <laughs> you got CBS and you got your Paramount Plus, you know. 
fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, fuck Elon Musk. So you think Twitter is pretty much dead in the water? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe it'll rebound. I mean, I don't know. I've 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 never really used Twitter. I only made a Twitter recently, like a couple weeks ago. But I don't use it at all. <laughs> really? Damn. I made one a couple weeks ago. Um, somebody made me make one, but uh, I've logged onto it like once. <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not really big on the social media. Not that I am really either, but like, even you make me feel like I'm like on it too much just because you're never on social media you know um, i go outside and, i go outside and play i'm old school <laughs> till the street I go, lights I go out with the the hula hoop <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the 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 stick the stick in the hoop oh yeah playing outside was fun mm-hmm. i eat my hard candy i enjoy myself <laughs> i'm in bed by six <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I think because we're both artists, we got to talk about this AI art trend that's happening. Um, so the only thing I really know about it is that a bunch of folks, why are you twirling your mustache? Like, do you have some big plan involving AI art? <laughs> I just think of like all the hypocrites. I was just thinking of like, it's, it's like the black square. It just reminds me of the black square. And oh. everybody was doing it, and then somebody was like, oh, that's fucked up. And then everybody's like, no, I didn't do that. I wasn't one of the people. It's like one day you're, like, doing something violent, and the next day you're posting an article about how that thing is violent. It's like, fucking stop. Just stop. Just stop being so immediate all the goddamn fucking time. Yeah. You all look like fucking idiots. And okay. I'm, there's so many specific people that I'm thinking of, too, people that I thought were cool. It's like, y'all are just fucking you know sheeps of the slaughters like i'm gonna jump on this trend because even because i looked at it Lindsay, you saw to pay for it it wasn't free everybody that's that's the thing that tripped me out people were fucking paying for these light-skinned versions of themselves i was like what the hell is wrong with you people and and there's like something that feels like fucked up about this like way of like modifying yourself in that way it's like of like you know you're like all of a sudden your face is thinner or like you said your face is lighter you know like all these like subtle things that like you're playing in a whiteness like you don't see like how this still is like um reinforcing whiteness with these like styles of beauty and there's people even now that still have like that shit all over their instagram yeah and i just i don't understand how in the year of (laughs) of 2020 um of black mirror of all the shit that we know that you would choose to plug your face into an algorithm because people people are idiots people jump on trends they're like oh look at all these cool things like i could have like i can it could be me running the width or i could have colors all over my face or i could look all futuristic um you know what I, i i do recognize that as an artist i am talking from a place of privilege because i can create portraits of myself by hand like very easily and i'm used to that and i know how to do that and i recognize that not everyone does i get that and like i'm not going to say that it's not cool to, to see portraits of yourself like different versions of yourself because, because i create portraits of myself every year or so like i get that like i get the kind of like um self-interest or like narcissism that comes with that that's fine but to willingly give your face to the algorithm 
And on top of that, to pay someone to yeah, do Yeah, the that. amount of people, because I was like, oh, maybe I'll do it. And then I was like, oh, this isn't even a free app. It's like $4.99. That's so stupid. But then, like, it was spreading like wildfire. The amount of people that were, like, paying for it, it was like there's, like, a week where it was all over Instagram. And then the very next week, all the articles, it was like, you're stealing art from artists. And then everybody takes it down. It's like, y'all are dumb. It's like immediacy <laughs> to reactions. It's like, this is exactly what you get. Like, this is capitalism. Like, you're a part of the machine. You are feeding into it. Like, don't you ever, like, critique anything because you're a part of the hypocrisy. Like, don't even. Like, don't even. And now you're going to be over here, you know, like, higher, higher than thou about this and that. It's like, shut the fuck up. You don't even know. Yeah. I think people are just just jump on the bandwagon as like a, a, something comes out you're like oh this is amazing like, oh actually it killed millions of people it's like, oh i guess it's not amazing it's like, you know the thing that's like like whenever one of these trends happens the thing the first thing i think about is that stupid als ice bucket challenge that everyone was doing in the middle of like killing like the police killing black folks and like everyone was doing this shit and like they were doing it as kind of like a counter of something nice to do during all this like brutality. And it's like looking back, it just looks so fucking stupid. Well, I think that's the thing too. Like y'all, like, you do it once just because you delete the video doesn't mean it's deleted. Like you are, you're forever going to look stupid in that moment. Like mm -hmm. people know, people know. I remember who, who had the IIR, even if they deleted the very next day, like shame on y'all of y'all. Shame on all of y'all. Y'all are mm -hmm. sickle fans. Y'all follow the trend. You're part of capitalism. You're why products go so fast. You're why well, we have fast, fast fashion. Like you feed the machine, even though you say you don't. Like with one hand, you're like, I don't feed the machine. The very next hand, it's fucking feeding the machine. So like, shut the fuck up. Yeah. No one has any place to critique anyone. Obviously, I'm over critiquing a bunch of people, but what the fuck ever. I didn't have a fucking AIR profile picture. <laughs> Had some goddamn sense. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever's in the air, fuck it. <laughs> are not holding back <laughs> i just i was just i was shocked i'm still shocked because i think it's like that's the thing about trends it's like people just like it's like i mean it's cheap i think that's even more than like they are it's like the amount of people that just jump onto something so quickly and then the uh, how hard people you turn so quickly and it's always the most preachy people that like jump on something so quickly and then they're gonna be the biggest voice to be like y'all this is fucked up y'all we should be doing it's like you were the fucking one doing it first motherfucker yeah. like what the fuck this you oh jeez. Like... <laughs> oh, and then some people will be like oh yeah we're stealing from artists whatever i don't care you know some people are like i guess i appreciate that more than the people that like <laughs> that, yeah. that try to like always act like they're perfect it's like you're not perfect. You're fucking white. Chill yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> Just say that with your whole chest, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, there's so many. This is this is tangential. There's so many people that like that I follow on Instagram that I'm gonna unfollow soon at the, my end of the year purge. Uh, that I feel like so healthy. I should do that, but I'm just oh, I, I don't have wait. the courage because I don't want people who I'm not cool with to know I'm not cool with. Them. But also too, like you're under no obligation to follow anything. Social media is like whatever you want it to be. Like there could be somebody that you like that you're like I just want to see your content, or like you like maybe you're just like maybe your content's cool, but it's like it bums me out. Maybe I don't like you don't have you don't owe anybody an explanation for like following them. There's no there's no social contract that you have to follow all your friends on Instagram or you have to like their posts or anything like that. You can do whatever you want. Instagram's for you. 
it should serve you and if it's like causing you mental like harm or like making you unhappy then like you can unfollow whoever you want to unfollow if they get upset about it that's on them that's their own like insecurities that's their own fragile self that's fair but also I'm a pragmatist and I'm like some of these people run in my circles and if they notice that I've unfollowed them there could be blowback <laughs> I mean, you like, and I mean? then you could ask me, like, oh, you're mad because I unfollowed you on Instagram? I'm like, oh, you're a child? I was like, oh, you know, and then you call them out on you're like, oh, this is what you're doing? Because it's fine when it's, like, in the ether, but then when you said, oh, you're being different with me because of I unfollowed you on a social media. Like, shame on you. Shame on that's, you. That's fair. You it's fucking like social media. Like, I don't know why people take it so seriously. Like, it's for you. People, it's not for other people. People do take it seriously. That's the. That's just how it is. They. Take that's, that it's not MySpace anymore. We're not doing top eight friends anymore. That stuff doesn't matter. It's not top eight friends. Oh my god! If MySpace came back, I'd be. You know what? No. If Black Planet came back, I would be so happy. That was a good time. It was a good time. <sighs> what if that happens? What if like these niche, like racial niche spaces? Niche, niche social media spaces came back. I think it'd be cool, but then white people are going to find their way to it and ruin it. White people didn't didn't find their way to Black Planet. Yeah, not as... then, but now they will. Oh, you think they would now? Oh, of course. <laughs> uh, <laughs> fucking course. <laughs> and then they're going to ruin it. <laughs> You're so cynical, damn. <laughs> like... <laughs> um, but you're probably right. Um, <laughs> it's I I feel like we're at this weird impasse with like technology and social media. Like, it's kind we're at a, like a, a weird stalemate because I think I think maybe people have run out of ideas and innovations. Um, but we also can't go any further with what we have right now. Yeah, I don't think so. I'm sure there's like some you know Riri Williams out there designing the new supercomputer. And um, I think we're just like, we're just like, you know, because everything that becomes so institutionalized and structured, there's already somebody out there like coding some other shit. I, no, I, I mean, I feel like those things out there exist, but like the supply chain and the gatekeeping keep, like prevent those things from being available to the public. And yeah. I don't, I don't think that's going to stop anytime soon. No, I definitely, I, I think that's only the, the people that are gatekeeping are only getting better at it. It's like the oil yeah. company is like, yo, we've been stopping clean energy for the last fucking 30 years. You know? Yeah. We're just getting better at it. And I think that'll be like, even if Twitter becomes obsolete, it's like probably doing its best to prevent the next Twitter from happening. Mm-hmm. So, but I mean, that's what happens in a free market, allegedly. Yeah. The best things rise to the surface, of course. <laughs> I didn't even know I was feeling all these things. All the stuff just started coming out. I was like, ooh. I know. You have a nice holiday, relaxing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Mom was making meatloaf. I'm just kidding. Oh, nice. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Oh, okay. (laughs) But you are getting like the home cooked meals. That must be nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, my dad made me a breakfast this morning. Oh, that's so nice. You have such a sweet family. You yeah. really do. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky. Very You're lucky. one of the lucky ones for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, should we? Oh, 
since you mentioned Riri, we should talk about Black Panther. Okay. So after we both dealt with our, our bouts of COVID, <laughs> um, like I hadn't been to a theater in three years, but after that, I was just like, fuck it. I'll just go on a matinee day when there's no one there. Um, so I went to see Wakanda forever, my first movie um, in the aftertimes. And it was a journey. And Max, you also went to see it as well. So what were your like first, well, should we give the rating first? Um, Like PG-13? No, no, no. Like, um, like out of 10, what would you rate it? Okay. Um, out of 10. Like, be honest. 7.5. I would say the same. 7.5. Yeah. But I, I would have given like, the first one maybe like a 9. I would give the first one a 9.5. Yeah. It was pretty high up there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we both we both kind of rate it 7.5, which is like above, slightly above average, I would say. Yeah, maybe B plus to A minus. I have B plus, I guess. I don't B+. know. I'm sure there's like a technical number, like wait, 10's 100 or 10's A plus. Yeah. And then 9 would be, maybe 9's would be, I don't know. B plus, seven point five B plus. Okay. A strong so, B plus. So. Um, I would say it's a B minus. Ooh, okay. Minus for me, yeah. seven point five is B minus, because I think eight is a B. Um. So, what are your first thoughts? Um. First thoughts, I mean, obviously, uh, Chadwick, Chadwick's passing. Um was definitely like the main thing I was thinking about going into the movie. Uh, I mean before we knew about Chadwick, there we were I think we already knew that it was Neymar Neymar was gonna be a part of it. So that's already something to be interesting that we're gonna like find out about a new like group of people and a new city and all that stuff. Yeah. Um but definitely like I feel like I couldn't get past uh and again I, I think we both said we need to watch it again but in my first and only viewing so far it was hard to get past Chadwick's um passing and T'Challa um's passing in in movie or whatever too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to get past that. And then there are some other parts that like I feel like uh reinforced grief in ways that I didn't feel like were necessary. Hmm. Um you know we talked about like with I mean I guess spoilers, right? Um we talked oh, about yeah, spoiler alert. Yeah we talked about Queen Ramona dying. I didn't feel like that felt necessary. I was pissed. I did not see that coming. I didn't think they would do that. And yeah, I didn't think so. After like, we're already losing to Charles in the very beginning. Uh, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring her back with a heart shaped herb. Do we, was like, do we not have that all the time now? Yeah, I think sometimes Marvel forgets like that the main draw of the Marvel movies is escapism. Like we come here because we want to get away from like things like grief and death and like agony (laughs) and i understand that that's not where they are right now in that story especially with the passing of chadwick and having to address that within the story that like with the passing of t'challa but i feel like the death of ramonda was a choice and it didn't need to be made and then to, to have it be at the hands of namor makes him 
it makes it almost impossible for redemption for me. Like, I don't feel like he can come back from that for me, but I could be wrong. I mean, Winter Soldier came back from killing Tony Stark's parents, so. But did he I come guess, back for you? Come back from what? Like, did did that redeem him for you? Um, That's a good question. I don't think that's a question I ever answered. Like, I, I feel like the, the way they tell the story, they make him just kind of like this empty vessel. So right, he, he didn't have an agency in that. Yeah, he's like brainwashed. I think I was actually more angry at Cap for keeping that secret. And to me, that makes him more culpable. You know what I mean? I think mean? that's true, yeah. I mean, and also like the the death of Tony's parents is like, not like off screen, but it's like like in, in memory and stuff like that. And we don't, I don't feel like we had the same connection to his parents that we did um, to, to Queen Ramonda. And um, so it felt different. Like I felt like she was like more of like a living real character versus like something that's like already happened the first moment we meet Tony Stark. We already know his parents were killed or they, they died. We don't know they were murdered. That's um, true. And yeah. then again, I think too, like I think there is this thing with like, now you're introducing this like brown race but then like the leader of the brown race has to kill a black person yeah. and this like this thing between like brown and black people where like did that death into that murder need to happen that way yeah. and then um it still feels like um this yeah. like pivoting and, of these two groups and that's the other thing that was hard for me to get past in this movie um, and to enjoy it, like watching these two groups of people, these black and brown people attack each other and kill each other, not really a f- due to white colonial intervention, not a fun time for me, you know? Oh, That's- yeah. Um, I just, speaking of which, I just saw, I don't know if you saw, I just saw The Woman King. A couple I, days I've, I've been meaning to watch that. There's been a lot of controversy around it because of um, fictional liberties taken with the actual story, but was it good? Um, yeah, there's like parts that were good, but I feel like there was a lot of some of the same feelings I felt with Black Panther too, or still like majority of black people killing black people. Yeah. Um, I definitely loved like a lot of like the the aesthetics, the visuals, like the costume was really cool. And it was really cool to see like you know, it's like I think there's like three white people in the entire movie, it's ninety-nine percent black cast. Yeah. And um who is it? Um Monica Rambeau, is that the mom? yeah yeah she's in it um yeah so she's good so there's like some some people that, that Viola Davis is in it right yeah I mean she's a yeah she's the main one okay the main person but then I mean I don't never mind I'm not gonna spoil it I was gonna say but yeah. no spoilers but uh John Boyega is in it and he's looking badass he's like sure that's the whole movie yeah I mean I did like that there were very few white people I love that with the Black Panther films mm-hmm. but the white people that were in it were annoying like yeah, who's basically who was in the last one who's just a stand-in for a white audience so they can mm-hmm. relate and i get they do that for money whatever but watching julia dreyfus walk around be, trying to be a bad bitch was not entertaining <laughs> for me i don't care that your hair is purple i mean whatever that's, that's literally like the the psyche of white women is like oh i'm gonna dye my hair and now i'm different i'm different now oh you think i'm a white woman check i've colored hair i'm not like those other white women that's literally that's literally white woman psyche. <laughs> All I'm 
I'm saying is we didn't need her. Like, I understand they've been peppering her throughout this, like, different series or whatever, and they're trying to tie these threads together, but I don't care. I don't mm-hmm. care. That's not what I'm there for. Like, um, things I wanted more of, I wanted more of Black Panther. Shuri didn't even put on the suit until, like, what? Like, 60% of the way through the movie, and then we only saw her fight one time. Like, I was just like, okay, but... I wanted to see the Black Panther though. <laughs> like there's yeah. Black Panther. And then also didn't get enough Lupita. Yeah, um, like she's like in Haiti doing work or something. Like what a waste. What a waste of amazing actress. I mean, but Angela Bassett was there like giving everything. So that was great. Um I loved who Shuri saw when she did the herb. Can we say? Yeah, I think so. We said spoiler warning. Okay, Killmonger. It was perfect. It was perfect for what she was going through. Um, I like the fact that she never told anyone who she saw, but I also feel like they could have followed that up a little bit more. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think I think that's the thing. I think that's maybe like aside from the grief, but I think even the grief, it all felt so rushed. Mm-hmm. Like I think had Black Panther 2 not have been about Namor and just been about grief, mm-hmm. that could have been like good and given that space and like been more about Shuri and like the Wakandans and stuff like that. I think that would have it would have been a heavy movie, but I think it would have been like a better movie and not felt so stuffed. Um, because you know you're still grieving. I feel like I was still crying from a previous scene, and the next thing I know, I'm like people are making jokes or um martin martin friedman was what's his name that's his name martin freeman yeah yeah martin. yeah martin freeman's on screen and why would they him. name a white man freeman okay whatever go ahead it's fine it's fine <laughs> maybe it was like adopted by black people <laughs> i doubt it he does not give up give out i hang out with black people vibes not so- bilbo not bilbo <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was, I thought that was a really inspired use of Killmonger. Mm-hmm. And everything he was saying, he was just spitting. He was spitting fire. Like, he was saying everything. Like, yeah, because I think that's important. I think I, I do appreciate that because, like, I think in healing and in grief, like, there is, like, a rage stage. And, like, I think there's, like, a sometimes there's, like, toxic positivity. Like, no, you should never feel anger. It's, like, sometimes you need to feel anger. And sometimes, like, if that's what you feel, you feel like, you know, you have to, like, be in your feelings, and, like, that's a definitely, like, a part of the process is anger, and I mean, sure, you had a lot to be angry about, and to be, like, no, you shouldn't be angry, or no, you always need to, like, take the higher road, or whatever Michelle Obama says, like, I, I think it's sometimes it's good to get down in the trenches with fucking Killmonger, and be like, yo, I'm fucking about this shit, I'm gonna fucking whoop Neymar's ass, yeah. and think about killing him, and not fucking feel bad about it, like, fuck yeah. Uh, and let's talk about Namor, um, newcomer Tanakwerta, who the internets love him. Mm-hmm. Everyone was ready for him. And he's, I mean, he's very nice to look at. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's <laughs> in um, Narcos Mexico, but he definitely got buff for Marvel, mm-hmm. as, as many actors do when Marvel comes calling. It's time mm-hmm. to hit the weights, a la Chris, Pla- Chris Pratt. Right? That Marvel workout plan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure they pay you enough to be like, I don't need to do anything else other than. Mm-hmm. Eat super greens and work out twelve hours a day. Well, and and they had him out there in his like bathing suit the whole time. So like, <laughs> him out there in his chonies. <laughs> did you hear that they CGI'd out his like bulge <laughs> for the movie? <laughs> no, 
But I think that's some good press. That's some fucking good press. <laughs> okay, but what did you think about Namor's <laughs> character development? I mean, I guess like I was, I, I thought it was interesting because um, the Namor is like you know sometimes a villain, sometimes like a good guy, but he's just like he's only a villain because like his Earth or like people that live on the land are like actively destroying his home, so he's just yeah. a villain to like Earth or not Earth things like to land dwellers um yeah. yeah i thought it was interesting i mean like i still i had a lot of questions like because it, it made it seem like the um the atlanteans are like millions they're like like all over the ocean so part of me is like how did we not know you know tony stark has like every technology under the sun but you weren't able to tell there's like millions of people living under the ocean well, it requires vibranium, and there's just not that much of that, right? Yeah, but so, I'm saying, like, for, like, nobody was able to detect that. Because it's you were, like, you're gonna be like, oh, we're a small city that, like, was able to stay hidden. But they made it seem like there's people, oh, like, all over the ocean. Like, I they could just at any ocean at any time or whatever. Yeah. Um, But I think it was cool. I mean, they made him a mutant, too. So that's why he was, like, yeah, um, not blue and was able to, like, breathe underwater and had extra strength and stuff. Yeah. which is true it's like in the comics he's also like you know of two worlds um i feel like they yeah i i like that i think they made him they kept him as an enigma which annoyed me like you still don't i didn't leave the movie feeling like i knew him still um which may or may not work narratively for them i don't know but I did I did like the fact that they made him a mutant. I feel like they could have played that up more. You know, like if he's of two worlds, like make him of two worlds, like make him able to like blend in. Right. And two. I like the wings. I thought it was a nice touch. Yeah, I thought the wings were cool. I mean, he has the wings in comic books too. Okay. Um, but it's also interesting too, because like it's like the idea that like I feel like initially, like, you know, like the first Black Panther, like I, and of course, like with blackness in general, there's such a connection to water. Um, and then there's like this new group that's even more connected to water than black people. I'm like, all right, why can't we be like equally connected to water? <laughs> um, so I don't know. It, it, it kind of felt like, you know, they try to make Wakanda seem like a little old and dusty. It's like, oh yeah, you thought Wakanda was badass. And the first one was like, here's something that's even cooler. Yeah. Yeah. Um, cause like Wakanda's still supposed to be badass as shit, and like they were still getting like their ass kicked for like a lot of the fights. Um, so I wish it was like a little bit more even. Yeah, um, they, were, they were like the the blue folks were fucking up Wakanda, like which was annoying because like I feel like every time we've seen Wakanda in the past two films, they've been doing some shit to it. Like, can they can they have some peace? Like, I think that's what's interesting. Like, I think that's the stuff that's so interesting that like I feel like Marvel never goes into like they create such complicated worlds, but they like barely explore them. Mm-hmm. As like the idea that like America and all these like Western countries are now like going crazy to try to get like vibranium. It's like that in itself is super interesting. Like it could be like yeah. espionage and intrigue and like that scene where they like bring out all the 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 uh, mercenaries yeah the un scene at the beginning like i i thought that was cut really well i think ryan did a really good job of having queen ramonda at that un conference addressing the french consulate while they while the french consulate had her mercenaries 
coming through like Wakanda trying to steal vibranium like and then having Ramonda bring the mercenaries to the like <laughs> to the UN and like you know give them like a like a like chide them on like this is why we don't tell you right and, it's, and it's almost like you know you would think Wakanda would like replace like the United States as like the the dominant voice on like the UN or something or start becoming like you know, maybe like complicated, maybe make like Wakanda because like they want to protect vibrating, they want to like protect their country. They all of a sudden have to become like the new world police. They're all of a sudden like now getting involved with like events all over the world. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the thing that started as like protecting yourself, but it's like maybe it's impossible to like keep vibranium exclusive to Wakanda now. You know, there's so many things that seem like super interesting that I, but I feel like Marvel's never gonna like get super deep in that kind of stuff yeah same. which i feel like is missed like even the blip i feel like the blip was like barely explored like there's like moments where they talk about like these issues of like half the population coming back five years later but it's like there could be so much there that feels so interesting it could be so nuanced and so rich yeah but they just like keep it surface and yeah it's marvel so they kind of have to um but yeah but i think they they can do i mean i get that like everything has to be bigger but sometimes like go back to the small like sometimes less is more like it doesn't need to be 10 characters like you can make a really badass movie just focusing on a few characters and like go deeper with them or like have yeah more like global fucking geopolitics shit like that shit's cool like you know yeah i mean i feel like that's kind of how they started they started smaller like the first iron man was very spare yeah and effective and then they just got bigger and bigger and like they have they they're under all this pressure to connect all these worlds and all these stories and that yeah. just makes it complicated and you, you when you're connecting that many stories you have to keep it simple so- right and it's not even like it's like yeah the connecting but it's not even that like they're not only just like connecting stories now they're like trying to set up future stories yeah they are um because i feel like people would have been down with like an iron heart tv show if you didn't even induce her introduce her in the movie, like I don't think she needed to be introduced in that movie for oh, people you don't to think be interested. Williams needed to be in this one. I felt like I felt like that felt like one of the reasons that I felt so rushed was that like that felt like I think I think she's a cool character. And I think that's that's gonna be cool, but I, it felt very like um, corporate boardroom. It's like all right, we need to like make you know there's like something that like they told Ryan. I was like all right, you're gonna have to like include yeah. this character because like she's having a disney plus show coming up and you know you need to include these things and i was like well that's not really part of the plot it's like you need to include them yeah true well how did you feel about riri i think she's cool i mean like i think i think she's like i, I thought that was fun like those are some of my favorite scenes was when um uh sherry and the dormilaje are like in america and stuff like that i love like i think that like that kind of like fish out of water stuff is cool um when like these like rich ass like fucking super spy africans are like in america and like i think that's cool like i think that was like one of the best things about like the original black panther was the juxtaposition of like african americans versus this like super state this african state that's never been like affected by colonialism like i i can think for me yeah for me i think that's some of the most interesting stuff is that like juxtaposition between that yeah um and we have to talk about the uh the after credit scene well first before we get to that like at the end of the movie after all that 
Shuri finally sits down by the fire at the beach and grieves her brother. Right. But a part of me was like, I feel like you have a lot more to grieve. Like a lot of shit has happened. Like you need to grieve your brother. You got to grieve your mother. Like you have to grieve like your ideas of who you thought you were. Like it felt weird a little bit to me to just focus on T'Challa. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think, like, I think going forward, yeah, like, I am curious if they're going to, like, put the franchise on Shuri or, um, like, how it's going to go. If there's going to be, a, like, a Black Panther 3 or what even, like, a Black Panther 3 would look like. Yeah. Because um, I feel like that was one of the things I feel like they, because, like, Chichala wasn't there, they, like, had more characters, but they had, like, more characters doing less. I feel like had, you know, T'Challa been there, he would have, like, had, a, like, a very, like, meaty main role. Yeah, and um, you know, like I feel like they should have just given Cherry or whoever like more. Yeah. Um. But, yeah. Um. And then that Rihanna song comes on, and I don't like that song. I don't, like. I don't think that her voice worked for that. But how did you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, I think again, it, like I feel like they're they're trying to set up stuff. I mean, the ending felt like a little cheesy. Reminded me of like Thor: Love and Thunder. Now, like. Thor as a kid, like everybody. Oh wait, wait, wait. Okay, so wait, wait, you're we're jumping ahead. I was just talking about the song. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the song? Um, I don't remember the song. I guess. <laughs> okay, well that says it all. Okay, so <laughs> then the uh the after credit scene, um, she's by the beach, she's she's grieving, and then Lupita walks out and introduces her child. And then I was like, hmm. You didn't want to tell her her grandma when she visited you in Haiti? Like, you know, you don't think anybody else wants to know that T'Challa had a kid until just now? That seems, I mean, obviously it's like a plot device, but it, it's like character-wise, it doesn't make sense. And I do, like, I was listening to another podcast that's talking about this, and they were saying it's interesting that all these kids that are coming up are around the same age so you know they're just building for a new generation yeah that's what i'm saying like <laughs> stop planning ahead just exist in the moment you know like god like it's gonna be like 60 years of fucking marvel disney movie phase 100 because at some point it's gonna be too complicated they're gonna re need to reset everything so they're gonna have to yeah. like end the ip and just like start again yeah. You know, it's gonna be an Iron Man one all over again. I have no connection to anything, and like maybe eventually they'll vaguely introduce the old world, but like it's it's already getting so hard. It feels like a college course to like even catch up on the next Marvel show or movie. You have to do like years of research to yeah, even understand like, what anything means. We're like twenty five years deep now at this point, right? Like yeah, two thousand eight. Like okay, so more like. 15 15 mm -hmm. years and like how many movies right because like, like back then it was like one movie and then two years later another movie now it's like three movies a year three tv shows a year four tv shows a year it's like i can't keep up the holiday specials like it's ridiculous i mean i mean of course it's like what happens is like it's i mean i feel, and i feel like phase four felt super weird or phase five whatever phase just ended yeah it felt so big. I mean, the only thing that I'm excited about is fucking Jonathan Majors as a Kang. I think that's about that. I think most people are waiting for that. You're right. This last phase felt weird. Honestly, things just haven't been the same for me since like 
end game. No, yeah, I mean, that felt like it did. I mean, that ended all these things, and now it's like, all right, we have to restart, but we're restarting like 10 times as big. You know, in yeah. game was like 60 characters. I was like, all right, we have these 60 characters. Now let's introduce more. And I was like, they're trying to check every box. It's like, whatever experience somebody has, like, there's a superhero for you now, which I think is cool and slow level. But then it just becomes like so many characters, right? Like, oh, you're from Texas. There's a Texas hero. Oh, you're from Georgia. Here's a, here's a Georgian hero. You know, it's like, oh, you like shoes. Here's a hero that likes shoes. You yeah. Know? Or whatever. You sound very burned out on Marvel. I am. I'm very burned out on Marvel. I'm very <laughs> burned out on Marvel. I watched the uh the Hol- the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special. It was pretty lame. Yeah. Um what do you think about did- the reveal? Um oh the the that they're siblings? Yeah. I was like, okay. So like, <laughs> I, am I supposed to care? I think so. I guess that was part of the point, right? <laughs> I was more hyped up about Kevin Bacon. And then it made me want to watch the Will and Grace episode about Kevin Bacon. So that's what <laughs> I... <laughs> Kevin Bacon has made really good money off of playing himself on TV shows. Yeah, you, you, you become a product, right? Yeah. Oh, and we've come full circle. Yep. <laughs> Proofs in the bacon. I mean, if someone's paying me to be me, I feel like that's success. Yeah, but then they're paying you to be like a character of yourself. That's true. And then you start wondering, like, who who are you even? Right. You th- you think most actors eventually feel that way? I think that way. I think like people talk about like Oprah as like a perfect example. Like um, when you look back at like old clips, she doesn't like hold words nearly as long as you think she does, or like the way we like build up like impressions of Oprah in our head are like not even the way she actually did it, but like through like telephone and like exaggeration, like the the character we have of Oprah in our head, it's like kind of like starts getting more and more removed from like who she was even in the show. And like, even as like, even when you rewatch the, you get the car, you get the car. It's not nearly as like wild as like renditions are of it. And like, you know, you're like, wow, Oprah wasn't very Oprah when you see her. And then you start, people start getting disappointed when they meet you because, like, they're used to this, like, exaggerated character of yourself. You know, because people just become, like, phrases or yeah, or gestures, you know. That's true. Mm. I feel like maybe you, ha- like, if you're an actor or you're in that industry, you just have to compartmentalize, like, this is what you give people. And these are the things about yourself that you keep for yourself. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think there's some actors that I like that, like Daniel Day Lewis. He like goes out there, makes a movie, and then you never hear anything about him. Yeah, that's smart. That's smart. He doesn't have to maintain like a persona off screen. Like all he is is like the actors he plays or the characters he plays on the screen. Yeah, but it doesn't seem like he cares about the fame. Where other people are like, they're like, is there proper Rati outside? They're like, okay, I'm gonna come outside. Now. Like they want it. They want it. They want. It. I feel like if you you truly want like in America anyway if you want to avoid that life you can yeah I mean I think too if you're like if you're a celebrity and you're famous you're a movie star you can like also like not live in America and you probably have to deal with it even less or you live in Montana or something true true yeah yeah I think people choose to be like I want to be at the center of it I want to be seen all the time when they go to LA or eat at the Ivy or whatever people do and I think a lot of a lot of them attach their like relevancy or like their earning power to that, like having to stay 
in the public eye, having to be known, having to be seen. And I think that's true too. And I, cause I think like um, studios are looking at that, like who's a bankable star. And it's not just like how well you do in movies or like, do people like you? Like people want to see Chris Evans all the time because yeah, because he's Captain America, but because he's Chris Evans. Yeah. Whatever. And now he's like, it's like, I feel like there's the same people that are just getting recycled. Is either going to be Chris Evans or Sir Ryan Reynolds in a movie. It's like, God, like, when are we going to get over them? I mean, they're, they're cool, but I mean, there comes like a point of oversaturation for everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I feel that way about, uh, who was that? Like, um, Anna Taylor Joy. I feel like there's certain stars that, like, they show up in a movie and they start showing up all the time, like Florence Pugh, um, Chris Evans, Ryan Reynolds. Um, he's like, I feel like it starts being like less names. I feel like our, we have like less actors and that's like just the more people over and over again. Yeah. And it's so weird because it's like the same people showing up in movies, but they're just like playing different roles. And I was like, what is this even? I am curious about like the direction of Hollywood because like I feel like celebrity is like changing, it's shifting, right? It's not the same as it was like 20 years ago. Like you're not going to get another Julia Roberts. You know, it's just not going to happen. Yeah, I think Emma Roberts is trying. But yeah. I think she's like getting into producing now. Like she knows she's not going to be the next Julia Roberts. Um, yeah, that kind of like multi megastar thing. I, I don't think that's going to happen again. I don't know. You think, do you think it's possible? Yeah, I think I think we still have superstars. I think they exist differently now. I think they're um, more accessible or we know more about them, but I still think... Um, that changes it, though. I think if you saw, like, Chris Evans, you would still feel as equally starstruck as pre-social media. Mm, maybe, I don't know. All right, so you say you ran into Christopher Evans tomorrow you would feel less impressed than like say you ran into like Richard Gere 20 years ago. Okay, you make a valid point. <laughs> That's fair. Mm, yeah, I guess. But I would also be thinking about all the shit that's been talked about Chris Evans on the internet. Like that's now inextricably linked and he's actually a decent human being you i, I don't i don't know if you would think about it then maybe later after the the moment's over you're like oh yeah blah, blah, blah. but like in that moment i'm sure you still feel like hollywood is real stars are real no but but I, no i would i would also i'd be like on one level i'd be like freaking out like oh my god that's chris evans but then i'd also think dick pic hair plugs blah 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 like all the things that we know about these people now because of social media but doesn't that make him more he's like a person but he's still a star right i feel like there's something about that that's like more endearing than like um diminishing i mean it depends like with other with other kinds of knowledge i think it could be diminishing like um for instance i mean even drake let's use drake as an example if Drake, if we didn't know half of the stupid shit that Drake did or said, I'd probably feel differently about him. Yeah, if all he did was like make music and then never like did interviews. Yeah, definitely, definitely, hundred percent. See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I would like if I saw Drake in public, I would literally just walk in the opposite direction. I wouldn't even acknowledge it. I would, I would like tell you and like friends after the fact. Oh, guess who I saw? No, I did not try to <laughs> approach him. Like, I don't like that nigga. But <laughs> like. 
I, if you told me that, I'd be like, Melanie, what? You saw? I, I would freak out. I would freak out. <laughs> you would freak out for real? If you saw Drake, I still think that's crazy. Like, I don't like Drake, but I still think it would be crazy to see him. No, it'd be crazy to see him, but I wouldn't, like, freak out. Like, I would try to, I would go in the opposite direction to, like, <laughs> like distance myself from this person who seems like an awful human being. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. So twenty twenty two has been strange year. Um, do you have any regrets about twenty twenty two? Um, twenty twenty two ends and twenty twenty three starts. Wishes or regrets? What do I regret about twenty twenty two? I try to have no regrets. Mm-hmm. um 2022 was pretty good um I feel like the one of the years started um you know you don't know what to expect but a lot of things have happened this year that I didn't expect um that I'm that I'm happy for like grateful for um, yeah. yeah and I feel that way about 2023 I feel like 2023 feels even more unknown to me mm-hmm. but who knows what it could what it could bring um I hope I can build off of a lot of the things that happened this year um art wise personal wise all that stuff learn continue to learn and grow and think about the future future art projects future life projects future life events mm-hmm. um yeah what about you um 2022 was very weird um there was a lot of work but I think I did actively monitor my level of rest. Um, and I went as easy on myself as I could. So I feel good about that. I I know that there is a particular decision that you and I made um, in regards to NTP that I definitely regret. But I can't say what that is on we here. Told, we took old Yeller out behind the barn. And we, and we <laughs> Yeah, there's there's a thing that I'm very disappointed about. Um, and we lost a lot of money. But, but there's a lot of we, we moved into a studio. Yes. Let's talk about good things that happened in 2022. I got a new job, ostensibly got paid more, so that's cool. Um, we got the NTP studio. We have a studio space with our name on the thing and everything on the street. Um and I got, I am in the process of building a, like a makeshift print studio, which is like a dream I've had for a long time. I can't believe that's actually happening. Um, and I got to read a lot of really great books this year. So that makes me happy. Oh, yeah. Sounds like a good year. What about you? What are some good things that happened? Um, a bunch of good things. Um, traveling, residencies, friendships, mm-hmm. um, art projects, um, making a lot of new art, taking risks, trying new things, learning things. Um, it was definitely a full, it felt like a very full year for me. And I'm very, very happy and very grateful for the opportunities I had, for the people that helped me with my opportunities, for the people that gave me my opportunities, for all the mm-hmm. support and friendships and all the new connections. Um, maintaining all my old connections I feel I feel very full and grateful for for this year that's lovely 
Is there anything specific that you want in 2023? Um, yeah, I want to, I feel like, um, I feel like 2022 was like my, in some ways it felt like my, um, Infinity War or Endgame. I feel like a lot of the projects I did that felt like the culmination of, you know, like, I feel like you're this way too. Like, you know, as artists, like we have so many ideas and then it's just like so many more ideas than we can ever produce. And I feel like from from getting out of grad school in 2017 till now, I've just been like acting out all these ideas that I've had and like wanted to act out. Mm-hmm. And um, now I feel like I've done all these things and been able to like realize all these ideas and visions I've had over the last few years. Um, so that's why I'm like uncertain about like 2023 because I feel like 2023 is like a blank slate artistically. Mm. Like, I mean, I have like art things, but it's like as far as like idea wise, um, I feel like I'm restarting, I'm rebooting my ideas. Um, and that feels a little scary um, to not have like such like um, polished ideas, but I think it also feels really exciting to not know um what art is going to come for me next yeah um, so yeah I feel good it feels like a, I don't like I don't like terms of like closing a chapter or something like that that feels like so finite and like identifying with time but I definitely feel like um this like cycle has like gone um within the last like five years I feel like I've been able to do a lot of the things I've dreamt about like you're talking about with your art studio or the printmaking studio um so now so I think now I need to dream some more mm. I think that's the thing I think I've just been making and living the dreams um mm-hmm. and, and now I need to take some time to dream again oh that's nice that's lovely yeah I think for me I want I haven't done as much making as I would want these past few years because I've just been like bogged down with work I want 2023 to be more about me making and like rediscovering and like recalibrating myself as an artist and my work that would be nice and making more like personal connections which I'm very bad at so oh, yeah. well, <laughs> anything you're bad at is just an opportunity to get better at it yeah yeah that would be cool and more traveling definitely more traveling in 2023 and oh, I think yeah, I'm traveling yeah. in 2023 Yes. Um, okay. sorry, we about to say something. No. Um. So, Melanie, uh, you know, here at NTP, we like to keep the people guessing. Um, we like to we like to tease, we like to dangle. Um, maybe we can give give people a taste of some of our upcoming projects we have. Um, oh yes, we have quite a few. Yeah, there's two two in mind that I think maybe we could speak to you, and then um, so I'll ask you about one. Maybe you could tell the people. Um, a little bit about Black Loaves. All right. Well, Black Loaves is a project that we started back in 2021. Um, and we wanted to do like a remix of the Exquisite Corpse project um, in which, you know, a piece of work is passed around to different artists and they add on to it. Um, and we decided to do Black Loaves and choose nine artists um, to work on adding to the piece every month. Um, So we finished it a few months ago and we want to create a book about the work as well as hold an exhibition displaying the finished piece. 
and the um, publication. And the publication, yeah. So that's Black Loaves. Um, the theme was smoke and ashes. And we we had a lot of amazing artists work on it. Um, let me pull up the thing. Um, yeah, it, I mean, I, it's kind of a marvel, like Intasar Abioto, Umax, Kiki Nicole, Sade Du Bois, Jody Cavalier, Ansar Mohammed, Sharita Town, Christine Miller, and me coming up at the end. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really proud of what it became um, in this kind of tribute to um, black art and making and ideating. So yeah. Yeah, hell yeah, I'm excited to share it with everybody. Mm -hmm. um, another project, this is a, a return project that we started back in 2019 before the world changed and we're bringing it back for a second iteration. Max, do you want to talk about it? Yes, thank you, Melanie. Um, as Melanie said, uh, the project is Drinking Gold Fellowship. Um, if you remember, yeah, we did in 2019 to great success. Um, we had 10 fellows and we had an exhibition at the end of the year at Ori Gallery, and we gave out a variety of micro grants as well as um, producing the exhibition. And also shout out to Ori Gallery for hosting the exhibition, which was a lot of fun. A lot of fun to hang out with the artists, to meet them, to work with them and to support them. And um, also the whole process, the interview process, the application stuff, the panel stuff is all cool. And um, yeah, 2020, 2021, um, we took our Drinking Gourd Fellowship energy and we just ended up doing mutual aid and um, we're supporting Portland area artists over the last few years with our fundraising and giving out money um, with our cycles and also shout out Sherry Town and Bape um, for their support with that. And um, now in 2020, or I guess technically 2023, we will be doing Drinking Lord Fellowship 2. The applications will go live at the beginning of next year. And, um, you know, the whole process will happen throughout the year. And there will be an exhibition at Oregon Contemporary um, from November 2023 to January 2024. And again, we are working with Ori Gallery um, on that too. Um, they're helping financially uh, support as well as our fundraising support as well as um, curatorial panel support. Um, so Ori NTP um, Drinking Gourd Fellowship 2. Um, definitely very excited to do that. Each fellowship is going to be a thousand bucks. So one of our favorite things to do at NTP is give people money. <laughs> um, so I'm very excited to give some artists some money. Yeah. And um, hang out with artists. I love hanging out with artists. I love talking to people. I love shooting the shit and um, talking art and just meet, meeting people, having people meet each other, networking, all the stuff. Um, so I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I think that should be a lot of fun. Me too. All right. Well. Um, and then. Um, so this is our 49th episode. For our listeners, we've had a couple satellite shows. So technically, you have more than 49 episodes, but for who are all going to be there, 
This is our 49th episode. So we have our 50th episode next, and we are going to decide what to do. Um, maybe people want to comment about what we should do for our 50th episode. I'm thinking a best of with highlights, <laughs> um, but who knows? Maybe we'll bring on some special guests. Um, maybe it'll be live from somewhere. Who knows what we're going to do? But I think we should do something very cool for our 50th episode. I agree. Yeah. Make it a bonanza. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we'll give have a, have a raffle, have a giveaway or something. all right well i think that is everything okay (laughs) um that's about it for me that's about it um happy holidays everybody um happy new year um grant your wishes uh do your things confess your unrequited loves take your chances shoot your shots do all the things new year's is coming and um as we all know december 31st resets everything so anything you do in the previous year doesn't matter yeah it's like a purge <laughs> like a purge <laughs> all right happy holidays y'all i hope that you have a great finisher for the for 2022 um and that your 2023 is even better Oh, yeah. All right, Vidarshi. Bye, y'all. Chestnuts roasting. On an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe. Help to make the season bright. Tiny pets with their eyes all aglow will find it hard to sleep. Tonight They know that Santa's on his way He's loaded lots of toys And goodies on his sleigh And every mother's child Is gonna spy to see if reindeer really know how to fly And so I'm offering this simple phrase To kids from one to ninety-two 
Although it's been said many times, many ways, Merry Christmas to you. Many times, many ways Merry Christmas Merry Christmas Merry Christmas You. 